to give you one guess as to what time it is. And if you guessed time for a story, then you get the gold star. Because it is time for a story. Um, and so, this is your cue to get very comfortable. And while you are getting very comfortable, I will tell you quite seriously that this podcast and all of these stories are supported by patrons. So if you like these stories and you would like to become a patron too and receive bonus stories, you can do that on patreon.com forward slash can I tell you a story. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash can I tell you a story. And you will receive bonus stories. You get one bonus story every four weeks and other things which you can read about on the site. And also you should probably tell all of your friends. And now, (laughs) I hope that you're very comfortable. Let's begin the story. The air seethes like the last water in a pot about to boil dry, the sides already blackening. Magnus chases demons in the lane behind the houses. The sound of his sandals on the bluestones echoes oddly, sluggish in the heat. The lane is his own kingdom. The creatures there play by his rules. Forests of unkempt greenery baked brown tumble over wonky fences Sagging sheds like forts, holding generations of cobwebs and dust, bleed rust down corrugated iron roofs. Gates that haven't opened since forever, as portals, locked against the demon hordes that roam when no one is looking. No one ever looks. The air is soupy and humid, no breeze stirring. Magnus should be lying on the gasping lawn, under the warm trickle of the hose, or quiet on the carpet inside the lace-curtained living room, talking into the electric fan to hear his voice buzz like an avenging angel, offering redemption to the demon hordes in exchange for submission. The hot air crackles with static that promises storms later, and the electricity gets under his skin and animates him like a restless marionette, unable to sit still. In the lane he fights demons with a stick for a sword, yelling into the afternoon, heaving half-bricks into their midst, like a small, wiry catapult. He has to win. Today, and all days, he has to win. If he wins, maybe he can change things. Maybe the answer will be different. Magnus! Magnus! Come in! It's hot as hell's longing for water out here! Lionel yells his own incantation into the lane, the sound of his voice swallowed by the heat. He pushes his damp hair back from his face and peers into the sky, lemon yellow and soulless. It's a stinker, eh, Kit? He says as he looks around for the dog who died going on a decade since. Catches himself and laughs so he doesn't cry, the heat turning him batty. Lionel stands at the back gate next to the shed, dressed, despite the weather, in a long-sleeved shirt buttoned at the wrist and worn blue jeans moulded to the shape of his body. Sweat soaks the back of his shirt and under his arms and does nothing to cool him. He feels like he's being steamed. He looks over next door's fence into a yard much like his own. 
The tide of neat and tidy renovations with plastic grass and sheds out of boxes hasn't reached this street. To Lionel, it's an unwelcome changing of the guard. No one touches things with their hands anymore. No one knows how to take things apart and mend them, bring them back to life. He feels the absent intimacy with objects keenly. The grass, brown and crisp, crunches under his feet as he turns back to the house without waiting for sight of Magnus. The screen door slaps shut behind him. Lionel looks at the scones under the mesh and wire contraption built to keep the flies out. Elise would have known the name of it, but she's gone, too, her and Kit a month apart. Supposed to be me that died of heartbreak, not you, silly mutt. He doesn't have to worry about the scones getting cold. Too hot for baking, really, but it's important to observe the proper rituals. He wouldn't know who he was without them. Always scones with strawberry jam and cream on Saturday afternoons. No matter if it's hot enough to tempt the devil himself into taking up residence in the kitchen. Magnus erupts into the kitchen like a small, boy-shaped volcano, shattering the drone of blowflies doing laps around the perimeter. Inside speed, lad. Inside speed. Nothing chasing after you. There is! Demons! Big, green, horrible demons! The boy is gleeful. I'm going to beat them. Steady on. Magnus jumps up and down on the spot, the need to win at all costs, crackling in him. Sure your name isn't Jack, lad? Magnus, Jack in the box, yells the boy, delirious and laughing. His laughter has an edge to it, like one off note in a symphony. Steady on. Lionel shuffles across the cracked lino to the fridge. It's old and mint green, still running after all this time. It's true, he thinks. They don't make things like they used to. The fridge is held shut by a catch at the side with a wooden spike through it, the grain worn smooth with the use of years. It seems wrong that the fridge would keep on running when Elise hadn't. But its stubborn continuation feels like a piece of who she was. Lionel bends with old man noises to pull out a jug of lemonade. Proper made, real lemons from the tree out front that seems impervious to the temperature. The plastic jug has daisies printed all around, condensation already beading the sides. He pours a glass for Magnus, puts it on the table with the scones, the clotted cream and the dish of strawberry jam. No advertising at the table, Elise always said. When she hadn't any of her own jam, she'd spoon store-bought from a jar of cotties into a pretty crystal dish and back again after. Those green demons want a scone, lad? No, they want skulls. Crush them and bite them and munch them. Magnus is all erratic limbs, furiously pushing demons across the kitchen in a manic victory dance. Lionel looks in the refrigerator again. Fresh out of skulls, he says. Sure they don't want a scone. Magnus growls and spills lemonade down his chin, drips spreading into blotches on his T-shirt. Both hands, lad. Sit up at the table now. He sets another plate next to Magnus. For the demons. They'll have to share. All right? Lionel ducks his head at Elise's imagined disapproval. Don't encourage him, she would have said, lips pursed against anything that could be construed as nonsense. Who are we to say there's no such thing as green demons? 
More things in heaven and earth, Horatio, he would have replied, smug in the face of her frosty silence. Lionel? Magnus has jam spread down his cheek and cream on his nose. Yes, lad? They're not coming today, are they? Lionel's heart breaks more each day the question is asked, though he always knows it's coming. The question is its own ritual now, as important as scones on Saturdays. The answer is always the same. Lionel tries not to think of how it will feel the day Magnus stops asking. No, lad, they're not coming. You and me now, and those green demons of yours. He's imagined it a hundred ways. The ozone screech of wheels on rails as the tram rounds the corner into a car that shouldn't have been there, stopped for a woman struggling with a pram and a screaming toddler. The pop of plastic panels and crunch of safety glass as the small car buckled around its occupants. Compact, Jenny had said, when they bought it. Perfect for the city. Runs on the smell of an oily rag. Lionel snorted. Don't make cars like they used to either. Flimsy things now. More plastic than steel. No protection. He hopes it was quick. On harder nights, he's afraid that it wasn't. I'm going to beat them, Lionel. Magnus punctuates his words with sticky hands on the faded red tablecloth. Them demons, the green ones. Tomorrow, I'm going to get them. Perhaps we ought to build you a real catapult, hey? Just don't tell your... The ghosts of their names die on his lips. Long as you don't shoot bricks over people's fences, all right? Keep it in the lane. He pushes the ache behind himself where he can't see it. Too much loss for an old man. Magnus's eyes are huge. Wow, he says. A real-life catapult? And maybe a nice sponge cake after the battle, hey? Like your nan used to make? Yeah, says Magnus. We'll kill them till they're dead and then we'll eat cake and pretend it's their skulls and we'll munch them. Won't we, Lionel? Lionel ruffles his hair. That's right, lad, he says. Lionel ruffles his hair. That's right, lad, he says. Outside, slow, fat rain starts to fall. Drops, steaming on the hot ground. The growl of thunder in the distance like tomorrow's demons advancing, already on their way. Thanks for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this story. And if you did, and you would like more stories, perhaps you'd like to become a patron. Patrons receive bonus stories and other things, including my endless thanks, which you can find out more about on patreon.com forward slash can I tell you a story. Until next time, hold to the small rituals and watch out for green demons. Mm-hmm.